In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us admit to God the sin which always confronts us. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Men of faith, rise up and sing. 
Let us pray. Generous God, your Son gave his life that we might come to peace with you. Give us a share of your Spirit in all we do, and empower us to bear the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
much better. <laughs> the rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all of the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child? to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they come weeping to me and say, Give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, put me to death at once, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see misery. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me seventy of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And the young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Word of God, word of life. We'll read the psalm responsively. The teaching of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is pure and gives wisdom to the simple. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, much more than much fine gold, sweeter far than honey, than honey in the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened, and in keeping them there is great reward. And the fences. Cleanse me from my secret faults. Above all, keep your servant from presumptu presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then shall I be whole and sound and innocent of a great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The second reading is from James, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, 
anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly, I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell. To the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. And salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. poet Dante died 700 years ago, just a year after finishing the completion of his famous Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy is best known for its depiction of hell that is, well, downright hellish. Scabs, blisters, tombs, snakes, fire, three-headed dogs, the devil eating Judas, you get the idea. 
even for those of us who aren't on a first name basis with Dante, including me, his depiction is still hugely influential in our culture. When the Pew Forum asks people whether they believe in hell, and well over half of Americans do, that's pretty much what they're talking about. To put it simply, hell is a place you go after you die, and hell is a place you go because you're being punished for something. And so when Jesus mentions hell in today's gospel reading, we're expecting more of the same. But as ever, it's not quite what it first appears. The word hell that we heard today comes from the word Gehenna, which comes from the Hebrew Geben Hinnom, the Valley of Hinnom. And this is a valley outside Jerusalem. You can actually go there. It's a real place. And around the time the Hebrew Bible was written, it was a place where these ritual sacrifices happened to pagan gods. The prophet Jeremiah talks about it as a place where a child sacrifice happened. So for Jews who are trying to be faithful to their covenant with God, it's the sort of place that you don't want to go. Because what happens in Gehenna? Well, nothing good. So just stay away from there. And around the time the New Testament was written, Gehenna started taking on different connotations. Not just an actual place on a map, but a kind of shorthand for life lived apart from God. To live in Gehenna doesn't mean you live in this one particular neighborhood outside Jerusalem. It means that you're cut off from God and God's ways of being. That's the context for today's reading. So notice the difference here, that Dante's hell is a place you go after, after you die because you're being punished, and Jesus's Gehenna is a place you go while you're alive that's an experience of life. So if there's no three-headed dog, there's no lake of fire, there's no devil eating Judas, then what does the experience of life apart from God look like? Well, you actually heard two examples of it from today's readings. From the book of Numbers, we heard a deceptively wonderful story. If you were in Bible study Thursday, you heard my explanation of this. This is a great story about a leadership crisis among the Israelites. Moses, the leader, is burned out and resentful because the Israelites won't stop complaining about stuff. And so God sends a share of God's spirit among some other leaders so that they can spread out the burden. Except there's an accident. There's a glitch in the system. These two guys, Eldad and Medad, don't go through the official process. They're not at the meeting where the spirit's given out. They didn't fill out the application. They're just hanging out on their own. But something happens and they still end up with a share of God's spirit. And notice what Joshua does. Joshua is the important character in the second half of the story. Joshua is Moses' number two. He's next in line for power. And when he sees God's spirit being given to more and more people, he says, my Lord Moses, stop them. Joshua is angling for power, so he wants fewer prophets. Joshua sees God's spirit entering the world, recognizes what it is, and gets offended by it. He thinks, this is bad. And that's what hell is. That's what Gehenna is. And from St. Mark's Gospel, we heard a similar story about healings. The disciples find out that some people have been going around, casting out demons in Jesus' name. 
It's actually not so different from the thing they were doing like two chapters before, except for one tiny detail. They don't know these people. They're not disciples of Jesus. They're not part of the 12. So what did the disciples do? They try to stop it. They're so concerned with being boxed out of their own position that they see the power of Jesus at work in the world and they get offended by it. And that's what Gehenna is. That's what hell is. And what sends us into that experience? Well, if you look at these readings, it's not God. After all, Jesus tells the disciples to knock it off and leave these people alone. And Moses shuts down Joshua's protest with this poetic aside, would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Jesus tells us what we need to be saved from isn't God. What we need to be saved from is often ourselves. Because what sends us into that hellish experience of life is usually our own attachments. We could say it's our own projections. To live in hell is not to be punished by some vengeful God after you die because you partied too hard. To live in hell is to live like Joshua and the disciples. To be so turned in on your own attachments, your own desires, your own projections, that you see goodness and mercy right there in front of you, and you think you need to get rid of it. And what is Jesus' advice for staying out of that place? Well, you heard that in today's gospel reading, too. Jesus says, pay attention to your attachments, your projections, the things that you put on the world that keep you from seeing God's action clearly. Jesus memorably says that if your foot, hand, or eye causes you to stumble, then get rid of it. The word Jesus uses here for stumble is the same as offended. If your foot makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, get rid of it. If your hand makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of it. If your eye makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of it. Whoa.
Let's get back to talking about hell. <laughs> anyway, so Jesus says, whatever makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, hand, foot, eye, get rid of it. And Jesus is, of course, being hyperbolic. He's speaking in metaphors, which is great, except it means Jesus might have something to say to us. What are the attachments that make the kingdom of God offensive to us? Well, it's easy to come up with a bunch, probably too easy. If your attachment to wealth makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of your wealth. If your attachment to piety makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of your piety. If your self-righteousness makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of your self-righteousness. If you're like Joshua and your need to be at the center of everything makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of it. And if you're like the disciples and your desire to be the greatest makes the kingdom of God offensive to you, then get rid of it. Now, getting rid of those attachments is hard. It's hard for Joshua. It's hard for the disciples. God knows it's hard for us. It's not a coincidence that what makes the kingdom of God offensive to us is usually the inability of our own efforts to justify our place there. What's offensive is how uninterested God is in our own efforts, our own status, our own claim on authority. In fact, what makes it possible for us to examine those attachments and cast out the ones that make grace offensive to us are our baptisms. Because in our baptism, Christ is attached to us, no matter what. And because we are always attached to Jesus, we can look honestly at the things that aren't life-giving to ourselves and life-giving to our neighbors. Being attached to Jesus makes it possible for us to give up our attachment to self-righteousness, to hoarded wealth, and self-serving piety. And more than that, being attached to Jesus in our baptisms means there is no situation in which we live apart from God. So the option of being beyond help, beyond redemption, and beyond saving really doesn't exist. There's no way for us to be cast out from the heart of God. Is it possible for us to be so turned in on ourselves that we get offended by God's grace? Yeah, of course it is. Joshua was, the disciples were, God knows we are sometimes. But Jesus promises us that it's impossible to stay there. That whenever we start going down the valley of our own self-righteousness and self-serving piety, Christ always comes to find us. The fire is never quenched, but Christ is never absent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 6 of our hymn of the day today. Where cross the crowded ways of 
Let's join the church around the world as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Mid children and heirs of God's promise, let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. We pray for the church and its ministry. Bless the newly baptized and encourage them in their journey of faith. Sustain all members of the body of Christ in lives of prayer, service, and worship. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the natural wonders of creation. Restore damaged forests, waterways, and habitats, and lead us to be good stewards of what you have made. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in authority. Give them wise minds and compassionate hearts. Strengthen in them a desire to protect the vulnerable and care for the underserved. We pray especially this week for the people of Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, and Peru. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are struggling with cancer, dementia, or chronic illness. Provide them with peace and resilience for the days ahead. Sustain caregivers with energy and patience. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Grant, O Lord, peace in the world and an end to war which only destroys and kills. May the strength of the Holy Spirit dwell in our hearts and may we live under your refuge and protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, we offer these prayers in the name of the one who gives us a share of his spirit, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always and also, and also with, with you. you.
put on the garments of praise, the spirit of heaviness. Your joy is my strength alone, my strength alone. Your joy is my strength alone, my strength alone. Let us pray. God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may be given to your glory and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be he with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the Holy God, beginning and end, source and goal. You are perfect communion, perfect love, perfect life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, the mother of us all. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the waters, calling forth life in which you took delight. When humanity was first overcome by shame, you sought them out and found them. When your people were enslaved in Egypt, you heard their cries and led them into freedom. And in the fullness of time, you sent your servant, Christ, our brother, to redeem us from death and give us your life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. By this bread and wine, O God, may your word take flesh in us. Join us with your people here, with matriarchs and patriarchs, prophets and psalmists, tax collectors and holy innocents, 
May your reign of justice and peace come to fruition in us. And may all honor and praise be given unto you, the Holy One of Israel, carpenter son of Nazareth, Holy Spirit of every nation and tongue, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the Let us pray. Lord God, source of truth and love, keep us faithful to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, united in prayer and the breaking of bread, and in one in joy and simplicity of heart, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
At this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation? I have two things I want to let you know. Uh, one is just update on building stuff. So last Thursday, the HVAC contractor was here and installed the air filtration unit on the uh, blower system in the basement, which is hooked up to the sanctuary. And we have freestanding air purifiers in the library and in the fellowship hall. So that is done. Uh, we are getting the janitors back in as soon as this week. So that's sort of coming online. We're behind schedule on replacing the ceiling tiles, but because that's staff, that should be relatively quicker than getting an outside contractor in here. Uh, I also want your advice. October, St. Francis of Assisi Day, Blessing of the Animals, um, I'd like to bring that back. Let me know sort of, does Sunday work after church? Do you want a Saturday thing? Sunday probably makes sense, but we can chat about that. So that's good. Probably the October 10th would probably be the day we'd do. I, I have a colleague who used to do Blessing of the Animals during Mass, and they stopped doing it because someone brought a parrot up to communion. And they said, we're done. That's too much. Uh, so that is all I have. I invite you to receive the blessing. We go into the world to walk in God's light, to rejoice in God's love, and to reflect God's glory. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and be at peace with one another. Thanks be to God.